Welcome to Presence Church Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit PresenceOC.org. know that what you have here is really special. I go a lot of places, and it's not like this. And I just want to honor what God is doing in this, this house. I love that this is a club. I mean... I'm a super good clubber. If this is how it goes, I'm officially a clubber. (laughs) It is true. I am not known for speaking, although I talk a lot. And um, I have had more prophetic words about speaking than I have anything else. Maybe because the Lord knew that I would fight it. When there's no band behind you, (laughs) you have to come up with more creative things (laughs) to do. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. It just just really means that God is great or he's not. (laughs) And it's, it's nice to have a band, but it's also good to just be uncomfortable, be really uncomfortable. I was telling the ladies last night, um, I've actually spoken a lot at home, you know, like I teach a lot in our, in our world, but um, this is the first time anyone has asked me to come just to speak. Yeah, so thanks for being a part of fulfilling that prophecy first. And ironically, like in the, um, I just, can I just like share my life with you a little bit so you... We're a little more connected. Um, I, even though I hate it that I can't hear from every one of you, that is the part that bugs me about this. I would love to look in all of your eyeballs and say hello and learn your name and hear your story. But since we can't, I want to share some of me with you. Um, I have a Canadian husband who is a dream. I mean, he's just a gorgeous dream of a man um, who can design and build anything. He's, he's a craftsman. I mean, he really is a true craftsman. I, I dated a lot of, like, worship dudes. <clears throat> and I got over that real fast. Like, I said to the Lord, finally, I'm re- can, you, can I get off the roller coaster? I would really love, I just give me someone who, who works with his hands, like you. Just Jesus, just give me a carpenter. Like, just give me something that's a, just... And he did. He did. He gave me a Stephen, who is a carpenter, actually, who works with his hands and builds beautiful things, who is like, she has been like Jesus to me um, more and more every day. And uh, our names mean the same thing. It was, it's, our story's really wild. We won't go into it. But it is, there is no other way. You can't mistake it. It's so God. Unbelievable, like signs from heaven, God. And I'm grateful for him today. I feel him with me. And I have a little girl named Wonder Grace. 
She is her name. She is a wonder. She is a sign and a wonder. When I was, um, we waited to find out whether it was a boy or a girl. Not enough good surprises in life. I, I wanted to save it. And um, we had dreams that it was a girl for a long time, but most people voted boy. You know how that goes. And when you're pregnant, you're like, prof is either super on or super off. You're like super connected or you're like, oh, I don't, I don't know. It's hormones or it's the Holy Ghost. We don't know. And sometimes it goes back and forth. Amen, ladies. Can it? Thank you. So, but we felt like it was a girl. And um, 10 days before she was born, 10 days before, the Lord shook me out of a dead sleep, sat me straight up, which is very hard when you're that pregnant. It wasn't like the roll to the side. It was like, Hyup! It was like that. There was grunting and everything. Out of a dead sleep, and I was ticked because, I mean, hormones keep you up enough. I was like, are we doing this right now? We're doing this. But he sat me up in a dead sleep, and he said, what time is it? Like, almost audible in that moment because it, it shook me out of my sleep. And I, and I said, I don't know you woke me up. I haven't looked at the clock. <laughs> and I did really talk to the Lord. Like, I don't know. You, you tell me. And he said, what time is it? And I said, Lord, I really don't know. Tell me what time it is. I want to know. And he always speaks to me in time. That's just the way we talk, and he said, it's time to wander off and wonder. And I knew that he was marking a season, and I said, can we talk more about this in the morning? <laughs> Thank you. He said yes. I went back to sleep. That was good. So I got up the next morning, and um, I said to Stephen, I said, babe, did, did anything happen to you? Because he's not, he doesn't, you know, have tons of dreams that he remembers. So when he has something that happens, it's a significant encounter. And, um, and I said, did you have anything happen to you last night? And he goes, he said, you know, what was crazy is I woke up same time of night that I did, but we didn't even know we were both, we were both trying to keep, <laughs> we were both trying to keep each other asleep. And, um, he said to me, I woke up to this, like this thunder. It felt like an earthquake. He said it was like this, I felt like shaken. It's like it was like this. And I woke up to a shout, and he woke up to a shaking. And I said, well, let me tell you what happened to me last night. And I told him about it. He's like, wow, let's, let's pray into this, babe. So I'm sitting in the, in the nursery, which was, you know, gray and black, because we don't know what it's going to be. And that was the, you know, super emo kid thing to do, just black, 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 black. <clears throat> It's all pink now. Just whatever. I'm super happy. Now I'm like, give me all the sparkles and the glitter and the colors. It's everything. Unicorns. Yes. Yes. I love it, man. But anyways, so we're, you know, we're waiting and I'm sitting in the corner, super pregnant in this mushy chair. And I'm talking to the Lord about wandering off in wonder. And he starts to talk to me about wonder. And all of a sudden it hits me. Like while the tears are coming down my face, I realize that this is wonder that her life would mark a season of wonder for me and also for the church, that I would never be able to get away from that, that she was the gift God was giving me so that I never lost my wonder. 
And then all this crazy stuff, you know, comes out. And, of course, wonders everywhere. Wonder conferences. Wonder, wow, just getting caught on the pulpit here. Wonder everything, you know. And I'm like, thank you, Lord. You know, but she has been, she has been that. All of her three years, she has drawn me into wonder. This little girl is fearless. And we have raised her to be that. But I have never known that life. I fought all my life to do the things I was afraid to do. I just did them scared. It's like if, the, if I knew the Lord was saying it, I'm like, well, I'll just do it scared. That's what we do. Courage, courage isn't the absence of fear, right? That's not what that means when you're courageous. It just means you do it anyway. <sighs> and so that's what I've done. But this girl, like, I don't even, I don't even, she doesn't have it. It's like she runs. She runs. Yesterday... Chris and Sarah Hagman are like some of our spiritual parents. They're just so dear to us. And yesterday, Gramps is what Wonder calls it. Gramps took her into the ocean for the first time. And this girl is like, let me at him. I mean, like she's running towards the waves. And he's like, Wonder, we have to stay back here. And she's like jumping out of his arms trying to go deeper, go deeper. And I'm the whole time, I'm like, everything inside of me is like, I can't convicted, right, because of wonder, and uh, like when we're on planes, when we're on planes, literally this girl introduced, in stores everywhere, this child introduces herself to everyone, if you were ever uncomfortable, you, you get over it, because this kid is going to pull you into everything that makes you scared, (sighs) I'm not even joking, I'm an outgoing person, okay, I'm an outgoing person, I like people, I love people. I'm a pastor's kid, man. I had to do people my whole life. I can do that. Like, I would strike up a conversation with anyone. But my girl's like, it doesn't matter what time. I mean, she'll just lean in and go, hi, what's your name? I'm Wonder Grace. This is Stephanie. <laughs> no joke. This is my kid. This is my kid. And my husband is, like, actually an introvert. So he's like... Oh, and he's fearless too in a totally different way. But man, she's just like, it's this stunning gift that God gave to us to say no more fear. We don't, we're not going to live this way anymore because you're going to teach her to live without fear and then you're going to have to too. So that's why I'm here today. Courage. Because I'm full of wonder. I'm lost in wonderland, still there. So this is a very prophetic moment. So thank you for being a part of it. Thank you for having me. Thanks for trusting me. Um, in 2017, some of this will be overlap for you ladies. Not all of it, but I'm sorry about that. Stick with me. We'll try to add some other flair. Try to add some new flair. In 2017, the Lord said to me, this is the year of the returning. And, um, and he took me back to, all the way back to Genesis, to the garden, and started to tell me, hey, if we're, if we're going to go where we're going, then I need you to go back to the beginning, and I need you to understand my original desire for humanity. I need you to be rewired. You've you don't really get it. You, you've had this idea of me, and it's, it's, it's actually not true. We need to go back to the beginning um, to move forward. So, and we talk a lot, uh, 
about historical prophetic moments. When, when God is moving, you feel all of the past. It's like all of the words, all of the prophecy from the past, everything that he spoke from before and everything that is to come meet in a moment. And you, you just feel like, and I think that's what happens when we worship. I think the eternal thing we were born for, it's all of a sudden we tap into it and everything else gets small. Everything else fades because we were, we were born for him. We were born to be connected. And I think that when we worship, what happens, what I feel like the Lord showed me is that we, we remember, we return, and we, we reconnect. It's like, or, or we, yeah, it's like, it's, it's a crazy, it's a crazy thing that happens. And I don't think we can even be aware of all of it. It's beyond our understanding when that sets in. Like this morning, I felt it. I was like, I can't, I want to come out of my skin. I want to come out of my skin every time I'm in worship which some of you might have seen. I, I, literally, I literally feel like I would splatter all over the walls if, if I didn't have skin. And I think that's because that's what's happening. It's like all, all of a sudden I, I'm with the cloud of witnesses. I'm, I'm, I am fulfilling. I am fulfilling prophecies by being who I was born to be in the earth. You are a promise fulfilled in the earth today. You were born to be here right now in this moment. There was no one else chosen to be you now. And so as I've gone back, I talked to the ladies some uh, last night about Eve. And I'll give you the quick version of that because then I feel like I have uh, a word for you that's become the message. It's becoming the message of my life. Thanks for giving me uh, the chance to work it out a little bit. (laughs) <laughs> when, when the Lord is giving us like a life message, right? This is something I'm, gonna, I'm practicing. I, I'm going to keep talking about it because he is developing this message in me. I'm becoming this message. I can feel him doing it. And um, so that's what I'm talking to you about. I feel like it's, it's not by chance that this is the first time I'm doing this and that it's here in your area, um, that it's here in this club. There, it's, it makes so much sense to me that God is doing, that I'm here with spiritual parents who are covering. I just, it makes so much sense to me that we're all here together. It's stunning to me. And I think heaven's like, yeah, for all of us today. Let's do this. I think, really, really brief, stay with me. I know I can be kind of jumpy. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being my friend. <laughs> I'll say this first. I am going to read a scripture or two, okay? I am. I'll do it. I've prepared that. I'm not a four-point speaker, but I do have scripture for you. I'm a good pastor's daughter. I was, um, I'll tell you this little story. I was... Listening to my little girl, um, she has version, which is like a Bible app, and you can hear all the, you know, all the Bible stories and all the things. And she was listening to the creation story and, uh, and got to Adam and Eve, where they're in the garden and all this stuff. And um, I'm trying to decide, do I want to start there? Yeah, I'll start there. So I'm listening to her listen to this, and Satan's voice is always super stupid on that stuff. You know what I mean? It's like, did you say that God told you? It's really dumb. It's super dumb. 
And I'm like, if his voice really sounded like that, none of us would ever listen to him. <laughs> Never. Let's be honest. If somebody came to you and like, uh, and now we are going to, you'd be like, shut up. Stupid. Shut your big mouth. So I, I started chuckling and then I actually realized like, I actually have questions about this. And we were never allowed to ask these kind of questions when I was growing up of God. It was like, we well, don't question God. He is that he is that he is. And that's it. What he said is true. And there's nothing, we're not going to argue it. We're not going to anything. And the closer that I've gotten to, the more I realize I'm loved, the more I know, actually, I'm allowed to ask questions and I better ask questions because it, it gives him the opportunity to reveal his heart to me. How do you know someone if you don't ask them questions? You don't go sit down at dinner with somebody and go, well, um, we're going to get married. Let's do this thing, right? Am I right? You, me. Maybe some of you did that. Didn't work, did it? It was tough, wasn't it? Still tough? Yeah. Ask some questions. So, it, but that's, right? Like, you got to ask questions to know someone. To, if you want intimacy, you got to know them. You have to ask questions, and some of them have to be hard. Dear goodness, some of the questions that my husband asked me before he married made me sweat. I was like, why do you need to know that? Why? I'm a good girl. Why are you asking me these questions? But it was amazing because he's like, I, I want to know you. I want to know everything about you. I don't want to go into this and say I, you can have everything. I want to know you. You know, and I know that I'll keep knowing you forever, but I, I got to know. So anyways, I start asking God questions and I'm like, what happened? That was like a crazy setup. Like you put a tree in the garden. You're like, hey, now don't no touchy. And if you do, you're going to die. But I'm still going to put the tree here because it's a cool tree. Is that not like dangling a carrot in front of a horse? I just don't even like, what is your point? Are you setting us up? Is this trickery? And immediately for the first time I read this story and actually heard his father heart. Instead of hearing like an angry God that was like, if you eat this, you will die. You know, I, I would never say that I thought he was angry, but I think deep down I had this idea that he was just waiting to punish me. If I got it wrong, if I did that thing, you know. So I get I, I go back and read it. And I heard it differently for the first time. So this is after the fruit's been eaten, all that kind of stuff. We're into, like, God's called them. He's calling them, and they're, they're running away, right? I'm going to just skip ahead to this. And they heard the sound of, if we are connected to God, if we know his Father heart for us, and his voice is the clearest, then snakes, snakes won't have their place. I think that when... I think that when the serpent was talking to Eve, she'd probably been away from God a little too long. I think she probably isolated for a while. I think she was probably alone, miserable, maybe a little jealous of what Adam had with God. I don't know. What are, you know, crazy things anybody thinks when they're alone too long. And if she had been clear, if she'd just run to God with her questions, if she just would have asked some good questions... He would have walked with her and said, that's a good question. Walk with me. Let me remind you who you are. If she had remembered that she was made in his image in the first place, she wouldn't have bought in. He said, 
Let me just read it, because I don't want to make that up. <laughs> he said to the woman, did God actually say you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden. But God said, you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. But the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. If she had been in her right mind and she had asked questions, she would have looked at that snake and said, I'm already like God. I was actually made in his image. This is how he made me. He's actually in every fiber of my being. You're a liar. But she bought in right away. She forgot who she was because she forgot who he was. She needed to ask some questions. So God comes looking for them. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man and said to him, where are you? This is the first time I heard his voice differently after I. And he said, I heard the sound of you in the garden. I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself, he said. Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree which I commanded you not to eat, the man said. The woman whom you gave to be with me, she gave me the fruit of the tree and I ate. Then the Lord God said to the woman, what is this that you've done? The woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate. Is that not the saddest ever? The one who made them in his very image came looking for them and they hid. The thought of my little girl hearing the sound of my voice and being afraid and hiding from me, saddest day of my life. Saddest day ever for her to feel like she had to hide from me, for her to forget who I am and for her to forget who she is. I have a funny, cute little story that I'm going to tell you. I have to tell it. My daughter is... Um, just obsessed with gum right now. It's a thing. She like wants to chew like a half piece of the, you know, sugar-free gum. She's just all over it. And if she can't have it, she passes it out to everyone. Like I never have gum because she gives it away to everyone. <laughs> so one day I'm in the house and she's like, she knows oh, the rules in our house are we, ne- we don't hide. It's like the number one rule in our house. We don't hide things. You can be upset. You can be scared. You can be any, you can feel anything you want to feel, but you come talk to us. We don't hide. We don't hide. Um, You make a bad choice, you don't hide. You talk about it. It's just what we do. And so she knows that. So I hear three doors slam. One, two, three. And I'm like, huh. So I follow her, you know, obviously. Because we don't close doors when we have toddlers. So I I walk back into our bathroom. That's where she was. And I open the door and she's going. Like chewing the crap out of the scum. Like, like, a, like a cow. I mean, she is going to town. And I'm like trying not to die laughing. I don't know how to do that yet. I, I, my kids, my kid, my kids, oh, my prophesying. My child cracks me up. Oh. Um, um, write that down. All right. And she, sa- she says, I'm, I'm hiding and I'm chewing gum. She just immediately confesses it. Can't stand it. I'm hiding and I'm chewing gum. 
And I feel like that was Adam. I heard the sound of you in the garden. I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. I just get so tickled at how stupid that is. Like, I know, I know what you're doing, and he knew what they were doing. You know, it's like they, they forgot, man. We forget so easily. We like sheep. It doesn't take long. That's why we, we were born to stay connected. There was never supposed to be a disconnect. There was never supposed to be death. There was never supposed to be sickness. There was never supposed to be this thing where we unplug and we go and have this quiet time with God and then we connect and we unplug to go do our lives. It was never supposed to be like that. It was supposed to be that we were one always. He made us to be one with us, to be a family. But ever since the garden, we've been trying to reconnect, to stay connected, to figure out what a life fully lived looks like. What, what does it look like? We don't, I don't think we've ever seen it, except in his life, watching Jesus stay connected to the Father. But I believe that he's taking us back so that we can see what it was supposed to be like, so that we can start living this way. All through history, we watch God lean into the cultures of humanity and not, not change his standard, but bend his plan to get to us. It is reckless. They wanted a king. They wanted someone to blame. They wanted someone that they could just blame for everything. It's your responsibility. None of us have responsibility. You make the rules. You decide. He's like, I don't think you want a king, but I'll give you a king if that's really what you want. This really is a love story. This really is like for all of this, he's constantly going after new, he's already paid for it, but he still chases us to bring us back to the original intent. And so I want, I want to go back, this, this message, the last, um, the last year was the hardest year of my life. How are we doing on time? Okay, T- two hours. You're the best. Um, no, because that will get really super swirly. Um, me for two hours is like, I need coffee and a nap. Um, it's okay. I, if you need a break, you take a break. Take 10. I, um, the craziest, craziest year of my personal life with my family. And um, like too many, th- all the people around me, like so many th- people that I love going through like really traumatic stuff. And... Um, and the beauty of it is that in, in those moments, everything is a gift. And what I found going back to Genesis, I think what, I've, what he was preparing me for, I didn't, quite, I didn't quite know the gravity of what he was preparing uh, me for when he started giving me this message. But it started coming into 2017, which was going to be the most difficult year of my entire life. And he knew that if he could get me back to the place where I, I was lifted above this realm of thinking, I was back in the garden, I was back to the original intent, then I could make it through anything. If I was connected to him, nothing could be taken from me. If it all belongs to him, no one can take it from me. And um, my daughter reads this Jesus storybook Bible she doesn't. I do. I read it. She reads some of it because she's brilliant. But I'm reading her these stories and we're reading. I mean, I'm so wrecked by this story going back. The Lord just has me in this place. Every time I hear any version of the story in the garden, I'm like, oh, God. 
So I'm reading this, and in this beautiful, childlike version, at the end of uh, this passage, it says, everything was always supposed to live forever. Nothing was supposed to die. But when sin entered the world, when that choice was made, see, he knew that to have intimacy with us, that we had to have a choice. Intimacy requires consent from both parties. It requires me saying yes and you saying yes in return. And he didn't want to control us. We were never supposed to be puppets. It was a friendship. It was a family. It started with a father and a son and a spirit. And he's always wanted a family. He's always wanted us to be his family. And so I'm, I'm reading this with that new understanding. And it says nothing was ever supposed to die. Nothing was ever supposed to be this way. But now that sin had entered the, entered the world, now that they'd made this choice, things had to change forever. This changed things. And unless he was going to make us robots, he had to just renegotiate the plan. He said, I couldn't stand to let my children that I love so much live forever in this kind of pain. So they have to die. It was the first time I had ever seen death as a gift. I'd always like feared death my whole life. Not because I didn't think I'd go to heaven. It was just like there was so much fear around it. everything that was unknown. And we didn't ask questions of God. We didn't talk about things that way in churches where I grew up. But now that there's a friendship, when he became everything and questions are on the table, ask me anything, you know. I'm finally understanding that it was all a gift. It's all a gift. And if he died and rose again to remove the sting of death, no one could really be taken from me. Death is now no longer a threat. When, we st- when we're connected, all of the things that have been scary, all of the things that threatened to remove us from our life source now have no power. If we will get this, they have no power. And in 2017, in April, no, March, April, March, we found out my dad had basically stage four cancer. He was dying. Uh, and a lot of other things. This is just one of them. And I was faced with this. And I started to ask the Lord to take me back to the garden, to lift my consciousness to up to where he is, to lift my consciousness above all of this noise, that we, we've been stuck in this like realm of negativity, this temporal thing, but we were made for eternity. Okay, if I am born for eternity, if you are in every fiber of my being, if I've made in your likeness, likeness, then there is no sting of death for me either. I can grieve it, but he can't be taken from me. No one can take him from me. No one can take what belongs to you. That is enlightenment. That is true enlightenment. That is why martyrs could have their heads cut off and be smiling fully in peace because they're, they're, they live here. They live in the light. The light of God. I want to talk to you about light for just a few minutes. I feel like, I feel like this is really important for you all specifically where you are. 
<clears throat> so I started working on an album this last year. Ironically, in the middle of all this, I felt the Lord say, it's time to make some more music. And this is the message. This is the message. That you can't turn out a light that's shining from the inside. If we'll reconnect, if we'll remember and return and reconnect, we'll understand that we were born of light. We were born of love. This is what we're made of. And then there's no threat of darkness. If dark is as light to him, then it is to us too. It should be. So I want to go back for just a minute. Is this okay? Are you guys, you all right? Are you with me? Thanks. <laughs> Thanks for the affirmation. No, it's good. Um, I like interactive people. I, I, I need, I don't need, I, I love to, I want the room to feel like a living room, you know, in worship and speaking all the things. I just want all of us to feel at home together. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. What was the first thing he made? And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw the light was good. And God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning the first day. I want to skip down to 14, verse 14. I didn't even tell you where I was, so it doesn't matter. Genesis 1. <laughs> and God said, let there be lights in the expanse of the heavens to separate the day from the night. And let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years. And let them be lights in the expanse of the heavens to give light upon the earth. And it was so. And God made the two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night and the stars. And God set them in the expanse of the heavens to give light on the earth, to rule over the day and over the night, and to separate the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. There was evening and there was morning the fourth day. I'm going to read something else to you in here. When I go back and I think about us being born of light. The first thing he made was light. I don't think, this, this is Stephanie, just dream with me here. I don't think there were shadows. When I picture this, I don't, I don't think there were ever shadows. I think the light was so bright and it came from within. So there was no shadow around anything. There couldn't have been. I mean, think about it. There couldn't have been. It was just there was light or it was night. I mean, he, it, there was no shadow. That is super cool. Yeah, it's like, I know it's, it's it doesn't all, it's not all coming out crazy clear yet, but I, you, you're with me. I feel you. <laughs> and it started to, I started like going through the scripture and li- reading all the scripture I could find about light. And it was like, It's like all of a sudden I was seeing it differently because I was seeing him differently. I was seeing me differently. And all the fear was leaving my, every bit of fear was leaving my body. I was like, 
oh, I didn't realize that I've done so many things with fear in mind. I just did it anyways. And that's beautiful. That's what we do. We do it anyways. But to start to feel, like to start actually feeling fear completely leave your body, that's the wildest feeling I ever felt. I'm like, have all this stuff right in my face and I'm like, I feel like I'm floating above myself. Like, so we're good. We're good. It can't be taken from you. Oh. I just like, it's crazy. Because I asked the Lord to make me like those martyrs. Like I wanted true enlightenment. True enlightenment. New Agers are on to something. They're super smart. We got to get it in church. We got to talk about the light himself. He called us the light of the world. We got to get this. It is our name. It is in our being. Light is sown for righteousness and joy for the upright in heart. Psalm 97.11. Psalm 104.2. You who cover yourself with light as with a garment, who stretch out the heavens like a tent curtain. See, I see now I picture it. Now I'm picturing myself like, oh my goodness, you made me your home. You're the one who wraps yourself in light. You called me the light of the world. You've wrapped yourself. You've wrapped me around you. You've wrapped me around you. You've put me on like a glove. This is the same light I carry. But I've been, I've had shadows because I haven't understood just how connected we could be. So now I'm getting it. And I, this is my dream. This is my dream that by the time I die, that I will literally have no shadow. I think it can happen. If, we, if there were shadows, if people can get healed from a shadow, surely we can lose our shadows. Surely we can be so bright that illum- it, like, it lights up. There's no such thing as darkness. So when I go back and read this, I get crazy stoked because I'm like, oh, you always, always meant it to be. I can't find it. I'm too excited. Need five hands. Five hands. Sometimes I think, I think when he called us the light of the world later, I, I really believe that he was prophesying. He was leading us back to the beginning. I think we were always supposed to come back here, that he was leading us back to the, you are the light of the world. Now go back and figure out what light is. It was the first thing I made. I... I made it to mark times, and this blows my mind when he says, and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years. We are, he's comparing us to light. He's called us light. We're here to mark signs and seasons, to be signs and wonders, to light up the darkness, to understand to understand that if we're made of light, there is no threat of darkness. We have to start living this way. We have to start living like nothing can be taken from us because everything belongs to him. 
It, it, it will change everything. Okay. I, um, so it's not like I, I'm, I'm, I'm not here to like blow you out and have you, you know, lay all over the floor, but do it. I mean, listen, I'm obsessed with this place. I walked in and I felt like the, I felt the glory of the Lord everywhere. I kept leaning down to the floors. These floors talk. If you lean down and listen, they talk. They say a lot. They're saying a lot of things. But I, I literally, I could hear, like there is, it cries out from the walls in this place, guys. It's not a chance you're here. I think that he made day and night to show that there is a drastic difference between light and darkness. And when he called us the light of the world, he was saying you're to be signs in the time you were born. You're to be, you're to mark a season. You're, you're, a mark, you're marking a message. We should look drastically different than the darkness. We've got, it, it, it should, when people see us, it should be like, oh, day and night. And I feel like that is why you're in this very building. God put you here to show the drastic difference. There's something happening here that's not happening everywhere. You need to understand that. There is light bursting from this place. And if, if we can change the narrative, if we can really believe we're the light of the world, a city that cannot be hidden, there is no hiding. If there is no shadow in him and we're connected and we're this close, then we can ditch our shadows and light up everything around us, illuminate the darkness. I want to play something over you. What I want to do is just prophesy something into you. It's, it's a weird song, but it's a prophecy. It talks, about, um, uh, it talks about how we're in a blackout. How many of you know we are in a blackout right now in this day and age? We're in a blackout. Definition of blackout. This is fantastic. Are you ready? I'm gonna, moving fast. This is epic. Definition of blackout. A failure of electrical power supply. Yeah, yeah, we know. A suppression of information, especially one imposed on the media by government. A temporary loss of consciousness. We got to get conscious. We got to start to be more aware of who he is and what he's doing than all of this stuff. Because we're the light of the world. If we don't shine bright now, we won't. We are in a blackout. There is all kinds of craziness going on. I mean, I don't care what you believe politically. I don't care. It's crazy. It's crazy right now. All of this craziness going on with racism, all of this stuff going on with ISIS, we are in a blackout. We have got to shine. We have to be bright. We have to lose the shadow. We have to stay connected. We have to lift our consciousness. A blackout, a temporary loss of, loss of consciousness. The world around us has lost their consciousness. We have got to stay connected. Okay, I'm going to pray for you. <laughs> Father, thank you for calling us the light of the world. It's the name we were given. We can't get away from the vision. Father, I ask that you would light us up. That you would light us up. Light shines the brightest in the darkness. Father, we ask that we would light this thing up. That we would live lives that are worthy of what you paid for. 
We love you. I bless this community. Thank you for the gift that they are stewarding. We ask that it would go, it would change this area and go to the ends of the earth. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. Be sure to visit our website at presenceoc.org to find out more about Presence Church.